is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 500-page Inspector General report from the Department of Justice. I've been going through it. And there's a number of very, very important things cited in this report. And I hope the, the intrepid journalists over at CNN and MSNBC are actually listening. It is a big deal. It confirms a great deal of what we know, and it also adds additional information. And before I get to it, I just heard the FBI director speak, and he's a disgrace. Nobody is attacking the institution of the FBI except Mr. Comey and the people who worked for him. Nobody's attacking the institution of the FBI except for the reporters and the leftists who always attack the institution of the FBI. I am attacking the corrupt officials at the top of the chain many of whom have now been forced out. Now, unfortunately, I have to listen to network news at the top of the hour, and it's a disgrace. I know these people, so-called reporters, haven't read this report. I've gotten through about three-fourths of it. And still the information is stunning. Stunning. And you know who comes out best in this report? You know who comes out best? Donald Trump. I read this, and we'll get into the details. We've got plenty of time. I read this, and I think to myself, how is it that Barack Obama didn't fire James Comey? Well, the answer is simple, because James Comey was doing his dirty work. Matter of fact, he was doing the dirty work of the Democrat Party. The inspector general lays out a damning case of bias and then says there's no evidence of politics. Well, then what's the bias? What did all these texts mean? Now, among other things, it appears that Mr. Comey was using his personal emails for FBI business. No wonder he was soft on Hillary Clinton. The FBI director is forbidden from using his personal emails for FBI business because his personal emails are not secure and they're certainly not secure enough. The report states what we already know in this sense, but it underscores it, that the FBI Director Comey usurped the authority of the Attorney General when he decided Hillary Clinton would not be indicted. He had no authority to make that decision. And so when the Democrats and Hillary Clinton run around and say that Comey sank her election, that's not what happened. He saved her campaign, even in the final days. When they brought out the emails related to Abedin and Wiener. He still rushed in the end to save her campaign, and he still thought she was going to win. The report underscores 
that the FBI director, my words, obstructed potential legal action against Hillary Clinton and her violations, serial violations of the Espionage Act. He decided in the spring of 2016, as we knew, not to act against Hillary Clinton. Then he essentially announces it in July of 2016. He watered down. He watered down the original case he was going to make against her in order to protect her. And it it's also the case that Obama's name had been mentioned in there, that he had an exchange with Hillary Clinton of emails, and he removed that too. And he removed that too. The director of the FBI, the buck stops at his desk, as Harry Truman used to say. He oversaw a staff. The report calls a culture of leaking that repeatedly leaked. He leaked, his deputy leaked, and others leaked. And not only that, they regularly received the leakers free handouts from the media. Handouts. You want to talk about collusion. There was collusion between the pro-Hillary FBI, and I speak of the people at the top, and the media. Sometimes they would get uh, free dinners, uh, sporting events, things of that sort. Have you ever heard of anything like that? You wonder why the media hate Trump? Working with these, these crooked FBI agents, that's what they were. Working with these crooked FBI agents, these crooked people in the media, to try and take out candidate Trump and try to ensure Hillary Clinton's election. How else can you, how else can, what other conclusion can you reach? And of course, Comey oversaw a staff that was anti Trump. Anti Trump. Comey violated long-standing rules and procedures of the Department of Justice and the FBI. And he was fired. He was fired not by Barack Obama when most of this occurred, but by the incoming president, Donald Trump. Comey was fired for cause. He was a bad cop, as I've said over and over again. He was a bad cop. He was fired for cause. And the media, which worked with the other bad cops at the FBI, gave them meals, gave them, took them to sporting events. The media relied on those bad cops to be bad journalists. CNN pretends this report says nothing. Nothing new here. Nothing new here? There's plenty new here, but what if there wasn't anything new here? Isn't it bad enough? Mr. Comey should be investigated criminally. Mr. Comey should be the one who receives a subpoena and forced to appear in front of a federal grand jury, not the president. Mr. Comey went on a book tour. He's made millions from his book. There's not a major media outlet in this country that didn't help promote him. Not a a nighttime comedy show that didn't help promote him. 
Mr. Comey was corrupt. I don't mean corrupt in the sense of money. I mean corrupt in the sense of objectivity and duty. He was exposed before the IG report. Now he's been exposed with the IG report. You know, there's a sense of irony out there to see Trey Gowdy now all over TV, and he has a beard this week when his hair's combed on the other side. Bitterly disappointed with the FBI. The same Trey Gowdy who was on TV a week or two ago, a week or two ago defending a spy at the FBI. An informant, don't you know? Why do we want to hear from Trey Gowdy? The report makes clear that there was significant bias in the investigation of Hillary Clinton. That is, for her. And there's something rather re- compelling in this report. Rather, re- I mean, really incredible in this report. This guy, Peter Stroke, he's not just an FBI agent. He was the head of the counterintelligence unit. He was a bigwig. He was a senior guy. He led the investigation against Hillary Clinton, such as it was. And he led the investigation relating to Russia. And the inspector general makes abundantly clear that he treated one investigation much more passively than another. He couldn't wait to get to the Russia investigation, which is one of the reasons, but not the only reason, it took them so long to look at those emails, those Abaddon Wiener emails. Because they were out to get Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Stroke. Mr. Stroke needs a visit in front of a federal grand jury, too. You've heard the line, you've heard the back and forth on the text, the now infamous text between Page and Strzok, where Strzok assures Page that Trump won't win, but even if he does, we will, quote, stop it, unquote. That is, stop the Trump election. Who's obstructing what, ladies and gentlemen? Now, why didn't Barack Obama fire James Comey? Why didn't Barack Obama fire James Comey? Well, Mark, he didn't know all this. He knew some of it. Because Barack Obama liked what James Comey was doing. I've said it from the beginning. Barack Obama is ultimately responsible for all of it. He failed to stop the Russians from interfering in our election. And, of course, he failed to stop his own government from interfering in our election. And I don't think that bothered him in the least. Doesn't bother him now. When he gets all riled up, he heads over to Twitter and he tweets. He's not tweeting today, is he? No, he's not. The victim in this whole case was Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump who looks the absolute best as a result of this IG report as far as I'm concerned we'll be right back Mark Lovin 
recovery here. The uh, Daily Caller. This is just one little piece of it. This is how they address this issue of uh, handouts to journalists. And by the way, don't you love it when these journalists on TV, so-called, tell us that they stand for freedom of the press? How do they stand for freedom of the press? What do they do to protect the, the objectivity of the press in this nation? And so they write, the Department of Justice Inspector General identified a number of instances where FBI employees regularly spoke with members of the media and received a number of free perks from journalists, including meals and tickets to various events. On page 12 in the report, the IG says the department, quote, identified numerous FBI employees at all levels of the organization and with no official reason to be in contact with the media who were nevertheless in frequent contact with reporters. The IG expressed profound concerns, I'm quoting, about the volume and extent of unauthorized media contacts by FBI personnel that we have uncovered in our review. It's funny, in March of 2017, when I spoke at length about the uh, efforts, the espionage efforts against Trump world, I said most of this was coming from the FBI. Who else would it come from? They were leaking. The contact between FBI agents and the media extended to receiving, quote, improperly receiving benefits from reporters, including tickets to sporting events, golfing outings, drinks and meals, and admittance to non-public social events. So the media were paying for information. They had informants who were FBI agents within the FBI giving them information. Now, in the following paragraph, the IG implies that such benefits could have encouraged various agents to leak information to the press. The harm caused by leaks, fear of potential leaks, and a culture of unauthorized media contacts is illustrated in Chapters 10 and 11 of our report, where we detail the fact that these issues influenced FBI officials who were advising Comey on consequential investigative decisions in October 2016, the report states. When they were really ginning up the Russia investigation. So this wasn't about Hillary. This was about Trump. The IG is forceful in its opinion that the problem with leaking is not, quote, with that the FBI's policy, which we found to be clear and unambiguous. Instead, the leaking phenomenon appears to be a cultural attitude among many in the organization. And according to charts provided in the IG's report, one reporter had contact with 12 FBI officials, including an FBI executive and unit chief. Another reporter contacted an assistant director 21 times and a special agent 23 times, according to the IG. Some FBI employees were in contact with multiple reporters, with one special agent contacting various journalists 32 times. Such a finding by the IG helps shed light on how various information has reached outlets like CNN or the New York Times throughout the criminal investigation to former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. One of the striking findings from the report is how senior officials within the organization had no problem speaking with the media and breaking department policy and possibly receiving goods in exchange for that information. Goods, I think we used to call those bribes. Now, if Hillary Clinton had won the presidency, you wouldn't know one damn thing about this. Nothing. That is frightening. You wouldn't know a thing about this. 
if some individuals in Congress and a handful of individuals in media, one in particular in talk radio, hadn't been pressing, you wouldn't know any of this stuff. None of it. Here's a couple of bottom lines. Number one, Hillary Clinton should have been indicted. The fact is, the fact is that James Comey saved her from an indictment. But, number two, if James Comey had not made a recommendation, the ultimate recommendation would have gone to Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General. She would not have supported an indictment. So, Mark, why do you say she would have been indicted? Number three, the matter should have been vetted through the public integrity section of the criminal division where they have very solid career prosecutors who are used to public corruption cases. That's why I feel confident she would have been indicted. Her violations of the Espionage Act are not in dispute. They're not debatable. So most of this was done to protect her. Who else were they trying to protect? The current president at the time, Barack Obama. I'll be right back. Unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. In the IG's report, we have collusion, we have obstruction, and we have insubordination. Collusion among and between reporters and FBI agents. These FBI agents would leak And in many cases, in exchange for their leaks, they would get meals, tickets to sporting events, and so forth and so on. We have obstruction. Comey decided in the spring of 2016 not to act against Hillary Clinton. And he waited, well, until about uh, June of 2016 to announce that he wouldn't. And we have insubordination. Comey usurped the authority of Department of Justice prosecutors and the Attorney General's power. So we do have collusion, obstruction, and insubordination. We have Peter Stroke. Peter Stroke, who decided, for political reasons, is there any other reason you can think of? To protect Hillary Clinton and to turn all the FBI's investigative resources he could muster against Donald Trump. This report is limited. It doesn't even get into the spy, FISA, the Clinton campaign and the DNC, laundering money through a law firm and a former British spy, to concoct information, to fabricate information against Donald Trump with Kremlin apparatchiks, which was used to get a FISA warrant. Doesn't even get into that because that wasn't part of the investigation. Doesn't get into the unmasking of American citizens by the 
Obama administration. Doesn't get into that. So this is the tip of the iceberg. Now, what else have we learned from this? We have learned that the American media as a whole, there's some exceptions, but I'm talking about the rule, and it is a significant rule, are mostly whores for the left. The reason why so many in the American media didn't report on the FBI is because they were colluding with the FBI. Which reporters? We don't know. Which media outlets? Which reporters and which media outlets gave gifts to FBI agents for information? Which ones? Why is that a secret? Was it CNN? Individuals at CNN? Was it MSNBC? Individuals at MSNBC? Was it Meet the Press? Was it Good Morning America? Was it the Today Show? What was it? Who were they? Was it the Morning Schmo and the soon-to-be Mrs. Schmo? Inquiring minds want to know. This isn't a matter of being disappointed, as the current FBI director said. He was very monotone. He talked about all the great things the FBI is doing. You don't need to convince patriots that the FBI is doing great things. We know that. We're the ones who defend the FBI. These people have sought to destroy the FBI, to turn it into something it's never supposed to be, a political weapon, and a political weapon that goes one way against Republicans, or specifically against Trump. So now we have a special counsel investigating what? It starts with Comey, right? Comey said he leaked to his law professor friend, who then leaked to the New York Times because he wanted a special counsel to investigate Trump. Look at the absurdity of this. It's Kafkaesque. So the major perpetrator of the abuses of the FBI, under whom there was collusion, obstruction, insubordination, lawlessness, absolute lawlessness, he gets to trigger the appointment of a special counsel, Rod Rosenstein, appoints a special counsel to investigate non-crimes, to investigate matters he can't even identify with any specificity, which crimes, which individuals. Incredible. James Comey, who knew about the application, the FISA warrant. James Comey, who knew about the dossier, says he never asked who funded it. He just assumed it was Democrats. Well, isn't that amazing? James Comey, who had to know there was a spy in the Trump campaign ranks. And you see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you cannot trust the media. This is why the media are worse than fake. They hate America. So many of them do. I don't care what Wolf Blitzer says. 
If they loved America, they wouldn't conduct themselves this way. They'd call it straight and they'd write it straight, but they don't. The media are condemned in this report. Nobody's saying it. It needs to be said. The media are condemned by implication in this report. There's simply no question about it. And as I say, this is why when you listen to CNN and MSNBC or individuals from the New York Times or the Washington Post or these Sunday shows with them, this is why they all sound the same, because they're all doing the same thing. And they share an ideology. They absolutely do. So when Trump calls this professor a spy, you notice how they attacked him so viciously in the media. What do you mean a spy? You have no evidence. You have no proof of that. You can't prove that. Anybody who dares to stand up and be counted and question what's taking place and defend the president in this regard is attacked as a kook. The current director of the FBI, Ray, says they're going to have intense training for every single FBI agent to ensure that they conduct investigations objectively. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, this is fascinating. The inspector general said that he is unaware that anybody was driven by political motivation, even though his massive report is laced with examples of bias, and he even uses the word bias. Well, bias for what? Are they biased against women? Are they biased against men? Are they biased against Jews? Are they biased against Christians? Are they biased against Muslims? Are they biased against uh, gay people? What are they biased against? Of course it was politically driven. How else do you explain this? But what does training every single FBI agent to be objective have to do with anything? As far as I'm concerned, the vast majority of them are objective. They're chasing down real criminals, real terrorists, trying to protect the American people. The vast majority of FBI agents don't need training on this. These are the rules. These are the procedures and the policies of the FBI. They were there when I was at the Justice Department, and they were there long before I ever came to the Justice Department, and they're there right now. So when you, when you say we're going to train everybody... You defuse the responsibility and accountability. You don't need to train everybody. You need to hold the people who violated the standing rules of the FBI to account. And here's the problem. Congress can't hold them to account. An inspector general can't hold them to account. Not criminally. How can it be that we have a special counsel roaming around in the shadows, looking for crimes to charge. And we have lawless activity by our own federal government, the Obama administration, at the highest levels of the FBI and our intelligence agencies, and that does not warrant a special counsel. Look, I am not a special pleader for special counsels. They're special because they have to be really appointed in extremely unique situations. And they have to be appointed constitutionally, which means a very specific mandate, specific criminal issues, specific people, specific organizations, not the kind of appointment Mueller got, which is essentially a blank sheet, because that leads to widespread abuse. 
But who exactly is going to investigate the FBI and the Justice Department with absolute independence from the FBI or the Justice Department? That's the problem. If there was ever a case for a special counsel, it's now. So don't call me and say, can't they be charged with this, charged with that, until there is an individual who's in charge of an investigation, who has the authority to bring criminal charges, there will be no criminal charges. There should be an active federal grand jury as I speak in Washington, D.C., where Mr. Comey, where Mr. McCabe, where Mr. Stroke, where Ms. Page, and all the rest of them. And certain individuals at the Department of Justice, the former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, yes, Sally Yates, the former Deputy Attorney General, throw a wide blanket, just like Mr. Mueller does. He throws his blanket everywhere. But in this case, we have very, very serious violations. Very. The intrusion into our election by the Obama administration using the entities and the instrumentalities of the federal government is a hundred times worse than anything the Russians did. And I have nothing but contempt for Putin. I'm one of the few radio talk shows and one of the few hosts who has been consistent in my contempt for Putin. Unlike the code pink Republicans. And, as I said, it is rather remarkable that the administration that failed to prevent that intervention or do anything effective about it was the Obama administration, and they're not under investigation for anything. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, it's no secret that I love my my Casper mattress. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's made falling into bed a whole new experience. Get a Casper, and you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress. It's the Internet's, too. Casper has three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortably year-round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the essential is innovation at a great price point. And mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort your every move. All of their mattresses do exactly that. Plus, provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me. Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. Go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark to save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash mark, code mark, to save 50 bucks. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. I will be on Hannity tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, discussing this. I hope you won't miss it. That's Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, also, you Levinites out there, if you enjoy listening to this program, you feel like you've learned something from this program? If you want to uh, vote in the 
National Radio Hall of Fame uh, campaign that's taking place right now, and that's what you're encouraged to do by the National Radio Hall of Fame, I would be very honored and thankful for your votes. And here's how you can vote. You can vote two different ways, both ways. So you can actually vote twice. Text the number 500 to 96000. Text the number 500 to 96000. That's three zeros. One more time. Text the number 500 to 96000. I hope you'll do it. The other way you vote, again, you can vote both ways. So you vote twice. It's Chicago rules. That's the way the uh, Hall of Fame wants it. So we just play along. You go online to radiovote.com, radiovote.com. You'll see two categories there. I am not in the first category, but you have to vote in the first category. You can vote for somebody there in their category, or there's a button to abstain. You can hit that button. Then you go to the next category as you stroll down. I am in there. You can find my picture and my name. Click on the photo or click on the button next to the photo and then submit it. And, of course, I'd be very, very grateful for your votes. I much appreciate it. So that's text the number 500 to 96000. It takes five seconds. Or go online to radiovote.com, and you'll find me there as well. And I want to thank you again. Comey usurped the authority of the Attorney General and Department of Justice prosecutors. He obstructed legal action against Hillary Clinton. He watered down his original memo. He decided in the spring of 2016 that he wasn't going to do anything to her. And he announced it in June, I think it was, or July 2016. Um, he leaked, as we well know. He oversaw staff that the IG said had a culture of leaking, as well as others at the FBI. And certain FBI agents also received benefits, quid pro quo. As a result of their leaks, gifts, meals, tickets to sporting events. I mean, this is atrocious. And he oversaw a staff that was anti-Trump. Does anybody know a senior person at the FBI during this period who worked for Comey, who was pro-Trump? Isn't that interesting? Can you name one? I can't name one. Can you? Any pro-Trump texts? No, I don't see any pro-Trump texts. Do you? Any anti-Hillary texts? No anti-Hillary texts. I mean, they're not even in this 500-page report. Isn't that fascinating? And Peter Stroke told his girlfriend, Lisa Page, who was concerned that Trump might win, basically says, don't worry. We will stop it. Meaning the Trump election. That is really eye-opening, isn't it? The IG also says that he prioritized the Russian probe over the Hillary Clinton email case, which is why that case received far less attention than the Russia case because of his animus for Trump. But it wasn't political. No, no, no. He he was just born with this animus for Trump, you understand. It just happened. Trump fires Comey. He had every reason to fire Comey. Obama didn't fire Comey. Why not? Because he liked what Comey was doing. Comey was doing the dirty work. And the media. The media in this country. Slobbering all over Comey. Slobbering all over his books. His book, rather. Whether it's Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert. 
up and down the feeding chain of the media and the culture. He's mocking Trump and they're lapping up every bit of it. This man is worse. He's the worst FBI director we've ever had. Don't give me J. Edgar Hoover. This is the worst FBI director we've ever had. Because unlike Hoover, this guy actually interfered in a presidential election. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Can somebody tell me why a federal grand jury was not impaneled in the Hillary Clinton espionage investigation case? It's a rhetorical question. That would be, you know, the typical way you would go about investigating a fairly broad matter. And in the recommendations, the inspector general says that, uh, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, we really shouldn't have a witness sitting on, sitting in on an interview of another witness. Really? Now, you're not supposed to have a witness sitting in on another, in an interview of another witness. So he has to make that recommendation. It's really quite amazing. I think. Now, I want you to hear how the Democrats respond to this, because the Democrats, the media, and the bad cops in the FBI, they're on the same page, because they're protecting Hillary ultimately, and they're protecting Barack Obama. Nobody ever asks, what did Barack Obama know, and when did he know it? Nobody even cares. I care. I've been bringing this up since day one. It was his administration. I believe it was called the Obama administration. Here's Chuck Schumer on Capitol Hill today after this IG report comes out. And I guarantee you hasn't read it. It's over 500 pages. He would have to sit there. I mean, it would take a long time, not just to speed read through it, but to actually digest what's in it. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Almost as soon as it came out, he ran to the Senate floor and gave a canned speech. Cut five. Go. So we now know the long-awaited report from the Inspector General has been made public. Several things are crystal clear. First and foremost, anyone who is hoping to use this report to undermine the Mueller probe or prove the existence of a deep state conspiracy against President Trump will be sorely disappointed. What, what is he talking about? He doesn't have to use the, the phrase deep state conspiracy, but there's no question It's not even conspiracy. It was people who were acting openly among each other on behalf of Hillary and against Donald Trump. Now, of course, as I said, he didn't read this report, so somebody wrote this speech and and stuck it under his schnoz. And to undermine the Mueller probe? Well, what's the purpose of the Mueller probe? I mean, good Lord. Comey was fired for cause. Comey was fired for cause. So Trump didn't obstruct anything. Go ahead. 
Those of us who are interested in the truth, however, are pleased to know that the Inspector General wrote time and time again that when it came to the Clinton email investigation, quote, no evidence that the no evidence that the conclusions by department prosecutors. You can't even read the speech that was written for. Go ahead. Affected by bias or improper consent. That's not correct. The inspector general says multiple times that there was bias. He doesn't say there's political bias, but he says there's bias. Specifically as applies to Stroke, and Stroke isn't some bit player. Stroke was the lead FBI investigator in the espionage case as well as the Russia case. Oh, he says there's bias. He may not say there's political bias, which is rather bizarre, quite frankly. But he certainly points out that there's bias. Go ahead. No evidence that the conclusions by department prosecutors were affected by bias or other improper considerations. Really? The report added, in the case of uh, Lisa Page and Peter Stroke in the text, that where, where uh, Stroke is, is, is consoling Page, who's worried that Trump would win, and he says, we will stop it. Stroke texts back. The IG report said that potentially indicated or created the appearance that investigative decisions were impacted by bias or improper considerations. It's not only indicative of a biased state of mind, but even more seriously implies a willingness to take official action to impact the presidential candidate's electoral prospects. This is antithetical to the core values of the FBI and the Department of Justice. That's from the report. Go ahead. Rather, we concluded that they were based on the prosecutor's assessments of the facts, the law, and past department practices. They were not based on the prosecutor's assessments. Comey stepped in and said that she will not be charged, Hillary Clinton. And in the report, the inspector general uses the word as we used here, That Comey usurped, that's the word, usurped the authority of his superiors, including the Attorney General. So Schumer's on the Senate floor lying through both of his teeth. It's incredible. Absolutely lying. Go ahead. Plain and simple. Couldn't be plainer. Couldn't be a more strong repudiation of those who wish to say that there was bias uh, in the uh, in the in the Mueller investigation. Now that's what this this isn't related specifically to the Mueller investigation. So what is he talking about? This particular IG investigation, and I believe he's doing others, relates to the investigation of the Hillary Clinton violations of the Espionage Act, not Mueller. Go ahead. Director Comey, the FBI and DOJ handle the public aspects of the investigation into Hillary Clinton's email correctly? Of course not. We Democrats said that then. The inspector general makes it clear now. But Director Comey's mishandling of the publicity around the Clinton email campaign all accrued to the benefit of then-candidate Trump, not the other way around. No, it didn't. And the reason it didn't accrue to the benefit of candidate Trump 
is because the obstruction that took place here was Comey and his associates who wanted to make sure that no charges would be brought against the Democrat nominee. And I've talked about this before, and I want you to think it through. Hillary Clinton violated the Espionage Act. She conducted herself with gross negligence on material issues. That's why she set up this private email system to get around the secure official State Department email system. And as Secretary of State, everybody knows they're going to receive and send classified information. Everybody knows it. And we're supposed to play along here and pretend that she didn't. The cover-up that ensued with her lawyers, official and unofficial, and the idiotic statement she made about wiping emails. Oh, you mean like with a rag? The extensive efforts that she and her surrogates went through to conceal emails, to destroy emails. I mean, that's typically what gets people charged with crimes, correct? Imagine if anybody on the Trump team did that. So uh, the FBI went along with this. They did not impanel a grand jury, which is exactly what they should have done. When they crashed into Hillary Clinton, it was a couple of hours. Very quick. Out. I don't believe there's even a transcript of it. And it didn't matter what Hillary Clinton said, because in the spring of 2016, as we well know, and as the IG underscores, Comey had already decided he was going to cover for her, that they would take no legal action against her. And so they were very busy uh, changing the words in the memo that they were preparing. That is essentially his speech in order to dumb it down and water it down as much as possible. And that's what they did. And so Schumer is just part of the problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Schumer supports tyrannical government as long as he thinks it's in his party's favor or his favor. These are not principled people. Hillary Clinton was the Democrat nominee. And she should have been indicted on multiple counts of violating the Espionage Act. And we've since learned from two committees in Congress that in fact, and we learned this today, that in fact, Hillary Clinton's emails, certain of her emails, were uh, accessed by foreign entities. By foreign entities. That's a big deal, isn't it? Which is exactly why she wasn't supposed to do what she did. No mention by Mr. Schumer of the collusion between the media and a dozen FBI agents. No concern whatsoever from Mr. Schumer that some of those FBI agents received gifts from media companies for their leaks, I'm sure. Otherwise, why would they get gifts? He's not concerned at all because Mr. Schumer doesn't care. No concern by Mr. Schumer that Comey usurped the authority of the Attorney General whether or not to charge Hillary Clinton. He's just mad that the former director of the FBI had these press conferences, that's all. He wished that he would have obstructed these investigations but have done it quietly. 
That's his complaint. I mean, that's what it basically boils down to. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pretty amazing. We have this Inspector General report, and Chuck Schumer isn't moved one centimeter. He's not moved one centimeter. No problem over there at the FBI, except to the extent that it hurt Hillary. Otherwise, everything's fine. I was wondering how the Democrats would play this, you know. On the one hand, they need Comey. They need to prop him up because he was the fundamental basis for the appointment of a special counsel. On the other hand, they detest Comey because they need an excuse for Hillary's loss other than the fact it was Hillary and her ideology and so forth. And so they have to walk a fine line, and they seem to be doing that because both positions cannot be right. They can't both be right. They're incongruous, as we like to say. And so you should ask your Democrat liberal friends, well, which is it? Comey's a good guy, and he should not have been fired. And therefore, it's good that we have a special counsel or Comey's a bad guy. He should have been fired because he hurt Hillary. Then, of course, there's another question I ask here. What say Barack Obama? No, you know, Obama and Comey were chummy. The January 5 meeting in 2017, just a couple weeks before the new president would take over. Very chummy. Comey almost came to tears. He really loved Barack Obama. They really liked each other. The question that's never asked is, if Jim Comey really did sink Hillary Clinton's candidacy, why didn't Barack Obama later fire him on the way out? Couldn't have been impeached or anything else. He would have just left. Now, I've also been saying all along that uh, these bad cops, these leakers in the intelligence services and so forth and so on, they thought Hillary was going to win. They thought there was no way Trump was going to win. And all the so-called big money was on Hillary. But she lost. Do you realize... If Donald Trump wasn't elected president and Hillary Clinton was, we wouldn't know anything about any of this. The corruption at the highest levels of the FBI, the corruption at the highest levels of the intelligence agencies. Do you know we wouldn't know any of this? Isn't that incredible? The media wouldn't get to the bottom of it. You know, the media that protect freedom of the press while they're giving tickets to FBI agents for taking sides in a presidential election and other gifts, that media that's protecting the First Amendment, yeah, we wouldn't know any of this. Those of you who've been with this program for a little bit of time, at least since March of 27, March of last year, you saw how the media reacted. They couldn't believe that somebody would get behind a microphone, pull together the articles they had written, which obviously were based on leaks primarily from the FBI, and I said it at the time, 
Who else would know all this stuff? The FBI is at the crossroads. And to be so viciously attacked in such a concerted way, we're on to something. We're on to something. And we were. And it's only gotten worse since. All right. Let me uh, take a call here. Let's see what we have. Sorry, I'm trying to clear out my computer and get to uh, get to some of you folks. All right. Let us go to Larry, Chicago, Illinois, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Larry, go. Let's go to Jeff, Toledo, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Jeff? Mr. Call Screener, what's the problem? Let's go to Mike, a retired FBI agent. How are you, sir? I'm good. I just uh, I just want to echo what you just uh, were saying a little while ago. I'm a retired agent, 28 years. My father was an agent who was killed in the line of duty. Boy. And uh, what you were saying about the majority of the agents, they're still sound. There's just a few bad apples that have lost that that fidelity and that bravery and that integrity that our motto used to say. I, I just want to thank you for echoing, you know, there, there's still solid agents out there. I'm, I'm, I, my mom passed away about two years ago, and I I'm, I'm almost think it's a blessing that she didn't live to see this happening. She she cried when Richard Miller committed espionage way back when, and mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm just glad, I'm not glad she's gone, but I, I'm, I'm just glad she hasn't lived to see this going on. It, it, well, what what do you make of the Karen FBI director? I found it enormously troubling. He gets up there, and he and in response to a question, as I recall, he says, "Look, you know, what are you going to do in response?" Well, we're going to have training for all of our agents, senior agents, new agents, on the necessity of objectivity. And I thought to myself, that is outrageous. Mark, what you said earlier is, is, is was spot on. The people that join the FBI, they, they, they know what's right and wrong. There's just a few bad apples there that, that, that you know, and, and their placement was so high that they didn't get checked. And I agree with you that that, that training isn't necessary. It's, it, it's it, the people that well, let, let me, but, but let me ask you this, Mike. I mean, on the one hand, they say, he says, don't condemn the entire FBI. Well, I know I'm not. Then on the other hand, is he not condemning it by saying everybody has to go through ridiculous training about objectivity in your investigations? You're spot on, Mark. That's not necessary. We, those the guys are, are solid. We have a few guys that you know dance and their gun falls out or something stupid like that. Right. And but for the most part, they don't need that training. We- Mike, I want to thank you for your service. I'm sorry about your father's death and the way he died and your mother's recent death. Thank you for calling. God bless. We'll be right back. If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. You know, you don't owe thousands to the IRS, do you? Probably not. So you don't know the depths of depression, sleeplessness, and anxiety my listener endured before taking my advice and calling Optima Tax Relief. He owed over $40,000, that's right, $40,000, to the IRS with no way to pay, much less the interest and penalties that compound daily. 
He was in IRS crosshairs, aggressive collection calls, threatening letters. And if you want to know that, uh, what Optima did for my listener and how little he ended up paying the IRS, go to OptimaTaxRelief.com. Watch his verified video and prepare to be impressed. There's the evidence. Now picture yourself with your IRS nightmare in your rear view. That's what Optima does. They know that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking people, families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. They've resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for clients. Why put yourself and your family through this? Visit my friends at OptimaTaxRelief.com, OptimaTaxRelief.com, or give them a call at 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. These are the professionals. These are the experts, former IRS people, some of them, lawyers, some of them, CPAs, some of them, smart as hell, and they will do everything they can to help you. So join with them. 800-499-6300, Optima Tax Relief. All right, let's take a few more calls here. Let me see what we have here. Hold on one second. Here we go. Gary, Knoxville, Tennessee, XM Satellite. Go. Thank you for taking my call, Mark. And thank yes, you sir. for looking up. Thank you for looking over this IG report and bringing out the important aspects of it, which I know the fake news is not going to do. So I do appreciate that. But particularly those news, particularly those so-called news people, sir, who were giving gifts to these people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's bizarre how the inspector general seems to be taking a page out of the Comey investigative report guidebook and, uh, pointing out how Comey has all the evidence on Clinton. Well, maybe it's not pointed out, but all the evidence is on Clinton. He takes the kids' gloves to her, and then on Trump, there's no no evidence. He takes the boxing gloves out with lead weights in it. And I go so far as to say it seems as though the FBI manufactured a connection between Russia and the Trump team. And, And then he says that that's not political bias. That just it just stinks that the same thing was done when Comey did that to Clinton with all the evidence and exonerated her. It just makes me believe that all this is leading to nothing, exactly a big fat zero, because there's nobody in a position of authority that is willing to take on the Clintons and Obama, for that matter, because he's just as responsible for all this stuff, too. So it just makes me feel like nothing's going to happen again. Well, unless we get a prosecutor who's actually in charge of this, who doesn't have any ties to any of these people, and uh, I will continue to push for this, and I have been for a long time, regardless of people. We don't like special counsel. Neither do I. Well, Mark, you're a hypocrite. You said they're unconstitutional. No, I didn't. I said Mueller's unconstitutional because of the defective way in which Rosenstein uh, gave him his mandate and appointed him. Uh, They're not all unconstitutional, but in this case, it certainly is the case. All right, my friend, very good call. Kathy, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Go. Oh, I love your show, Mark. You're so informative. Thank you're, you. You're our, you're our uh, voice. We need you. Our, our government that has police powers and is not accountable to anyone. It's, and today with the IG report, Horowitz, it was distinction without a difference. That's the way I look at it, the FBI knew what they were doing. They worked for Obama, and they knew what they were doing, and they just did it anyways. 
And let's not forget, they didn't even put in the spies. Putting spies in a camp. You're right. I mean, you know. Well, that well, that really wasn't part of this particular investigation. But you're, but we don't. You're exactly right. They didn't bring up the spies. They didn't bring up the uh, the abuse of the FISA court. They didn't bring up the dossier. They didn't bring up any of that stuff. Nathan Hale. He, there's mm-hmm. a bust of him. There's a statue of him at Langley, and he's a, a spy that got hung by the Brits. Maybe you should do a book on that too. <laughs> oh, you know, Nathan Hale would be a good one because you know what. J. Edgar Comey knows them. So does Brennan. So does the Clapper. And now they got Clapper and Brennan on CNN all the time. Fake news. NBC. Let me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, Kathy. Any pro-Trump, anti-Hillary texts from any of these agents? Well, he's 72. I, I haven't seen any pro-Trump, anti-Hillary texts. Have you? Out of all the texts that have been released, have you seen any? <laughs> let, let, well, me, let me ask you this, Kathy. Which among these FBI agents involved in this matter was pro-Trump? None of them. Exactly. Them. None, none of them, them pro-Trump. Not a single pro-Trump text. Nothing about pro-Trump in the IG's report. They were singularly for Hillary and singularly against Trump. That's pretty damn amazing, don't you think? Birthday. Today's Donald Trump's birthday. Well, I want to sing him a little song. All right, but not now. I'm not in the mood. All right, Kathy, thank you very much. <laughs> well, yes. And happy birthday, Mr. President. I think the president will have for his birthday dinner what I get for my birthday dinner, pretty much. You know what it is, Mr. Producer? A well-done steak with ketchup. That's right. I like it. Uh, Greg, Portland, Oregon, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Great, Mark. It's nice to talk with you again. Uh, appreciate what you do. It's really the Lord's working away, I think. Uh, my uh, comment today was uh, there's been a collaboration going on for uh, the last 50 years in America, and it started in the 60s on our college campuses uh, with the uh, leftist indoctrinations uh, producing lead- the leaders that we have today. I think it's uh, it's just the the fruit of that uh, movement way back then, and it's getting worse and worse now. We've got I, I don't disagree with that at all, and I also think you see it in the media in this country. Exactly. It's well, it, it encompasses the media, uh, even corporate America, in ways, uh, and it's uh, all the way across society. So it's a big problem, and uh, we just need to stick to the truth, stick to the facts, and and uh, fight the good fight. And I appreciate your uh, your leadership in that area. It's well, the campuses have been facilitating moral degradation and moral relativism for the last fifty years, and we need to fix it somehow. Academia has uh, gone wild. I, I, I think it's become an ideological monopoly. It's become a financial monopoly. We just pay and pay and pay and send our kids to these places. You know, one day I'm going to have to really think this through. I've talked about that in a few years and write about it and see if we can't figure out something. Because you're exactly right. They say the Soviet Union is dead. It is, except on our college campuses. All right, my friend. Good call. I appreciate it. Now, we have uh, this uh, New York attorney general, or is she a temporary attorney general, filed a lawsuit today against the Donald Trump Foundation. 
I'm reading this from Fox for alleged illegal conduct and, quote, unlawful political coordination, unquote, to benefit personal and business interests, drawing a harsh Twitter rebuke from the president. Now, I know it's been said because I have emails, people saying this to me, uh, that the Hillary and Bill Clinton Foundation have never received this kind of treatment. And as I recall, they're based in New York. With all the money that's come through that entity, Russian money, Middle East money, all the money that's come through that foundation from lobbying groups, among others, all the untowardness, the tax issues. I don't believe New York State has ever sued the Clinton Foundation. Now, the suit was brought today following a, I'm reading from Fox, a months-long investigation led by disgraced, in Trump's words, former Attorney General Eric Schneiderman. Well, it's in everybody's words. He was a woman beater and a sexual abuser. He was a sick, sick man, a pervert. Acting Attorney General Barbara Underwood filed a lawsuit today over the foundation's alleged, quote, persistent illegal conduct, unquote, which occurred over, quote, more than a decade, unquote. Now, if it occurred over more than a decade, why did they wait until now to bring the lawsuit? If it occurred over more than a decade? Well, we know the answer to that, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? Because in so many ways, our legal system, our so-called justice system, is the plaything of the left. And the Attorney General's office in New York is among the most despicable. The way they treat private businesses that are not on their side, the way they treat nonprofit groups that are not on their side, the way they treat individuals that are not on their side. It is a, a loathsome, in many respects, political operation which abuses the rule of law. Again, that is the definition of tyranny. The suit alleges that there was extensive, unlawful political coordination with Trump's 2016 presidential campaign and alleged violations of basic legal obligations for nonprofit foundations. But the president fired back on Twitter, blasting the lawsuit and Schneiderman for never having the guts to bring the suit while he held the post. President said, and this is why many of us really like Donald Trump. He doesn't just sit there and take this stuff. If he had been one of these other Republicans, they'd be talking through their lawyers. Uh, we do not uh, believe uh, that the president, in any respect, uh, violated the laws of uh, New York, and uh, and we intend to uh, to to really confront this and fight this in the courts. Thank you. President tweets, the sleazy New York Democrats, (laughs) and they're now disgraced and run out of town, A.G. Eric Schneiderman, are doing everything they can to sue me on a foundation that took in $18,800,000 and gave out to charity more money than it took in $19,200,000. I won't settle this case, Trump tweeted. Schneiderman, who ran the Clinton campaign in New York, Never had the guts to bring this ridiculous case, which lingered in their office for almost two years. Now he resigned his office in disgrace, and his disciples brought it when we would not settle, Trump added. 
The suit claims that Trump used the foundation's charitable assets to pay off his legal obligations, promote Trump brand hotels and businesses, and to purchase personal items. The suit also claims that the foundation, quote, illegally provided extensive support to his 2016 presidential campaign by using the foundation's name and funds it raised from the public to promote his campaign for the presidency. Okay, how so? How so? You know, these, these, uh, when they put out these charge sheets and they put out these press statements that go with them, that's only one side speaking. You, you, you realize that. But the media love it. The media don't care because the media want Trump and his foundation to be guilty. No criminal justice reform for the president and his family. No. No endless due process rights like you get if you're a mass murderer and you're on death row for 29 years. No due process rights as if you're a terrorist. Well, Mark, he gets due process rights. Yeah, he gets legal due process rights. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the trashing of the president and the trashing of his family with a filing like this. The suit also seeks to ban President Trump from future service as director of a New York nonprofit for 10 years and ban Eric Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka from service for one. See, it's intended to humiliate and embarrass. In many ways, it's a PR stunt. The problem is it's brought in New York. It's brought in New York. And depending on the judge, could be a very liberal Trump-hating judge because judges anymore in so many respects, not all, but too many, are just as political as the political hacks who appoint them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Reminder, about an hour and a half, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. I will be on Hannity TV on the Fox News channel. I hope you'll join us discussing much of what we've been discussing on the air today. And hopefully by then I will actually complete my review, as I've been looking at it during the breaks, of this over 500-page document. Uh, I doubt it by then, but I've gotten through a hell of a lot of it, much more than Chuck Schumer. Bet you'll never guess my favorite place to sit. On your tuckus. Well, of course. I said, you know, place. Like, where? In my car? No. In the, on the sofa in my living room? No. No, actually, it's at my desk where I'm talking to you right now. And my amazing new X chair. And I uh, put a photo of it up on my, uh, my social sites. It's really, really impressive. I am so relaxed. I'm sitting in it right now, just relaxed as can be. The X chair is not only the most modern and stylish piece of furniture that I have in the bunker, it's luxuriously comfortable, and I am not kidding, and you know I have a bad back. It molds itself to my body, giving me <coughs> ideal posture, which in turn gives me energy, better concentration, more productivity than I ever thought possible. Don't waste another day in that generic chair you've been using. You probably got it from one of these office stores and so forth. It's probably creaky and noisy and... This chair is silent and comfortable as hell. I'll say it again. Get an X chair and feel the difference. Don't waste another day. 
Heck, if you own a company, get them for the entire office. See how much your employees appreciate them and how productive they become as a result. Don't I sound more energetic, even better, sitting in this chair? I'm telling you, you don't hear it in the background. Nope. It's perfect. Now, here's a special deal just for you, my beloved audience. And it's true. I met with the sponsor for 90 minutes two and a half weeks ago. And we went over this. Go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com. You go there right now, you'll get $100 off. That's xchairlevin, xchairlevin.com. Or you can call them, 1-844-4-XCHAIR. Doesn't get any simpler than that. 1-844-4-XCHAIR. Now, XCHAIR comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. And by the way, if you go to xchairlevin.com now and use code LEVINFOOTREST, xchairlevin.com, use the code LEVINFOOTREST, you'll also get a free footrest, which I'm also using right now, and they are great. That's xchairlevin.com, free footrest. Enjoy your chair, enjoy your footrest. You can thank me later. I know you will. Well, okay, let's take another call here. Let me pull this up. Rocco, Westchester, New York, the great WABC. Go. Mark, hi, Mark. Uh, I just find it to be a grand coincidence that the news about the lawsuit against the Trump Foundation happens to come out on the same day that the Inspector General report is released. I mean, this investigation supposedly has been going on for like two years, and I heard Mm -hmm. the Attorney General today say that they waited to bring the lawsuit until they had enough evidence. Well, what a coincidence. I mean, on the day that the inspector general happens to release his report. Well, you're exactly right. And she's a hack. And she's a career uh, point. Who cares? So is Stroke. So is Page. So is McCabe. Just because somebody's a career appointee or a career uh, civil servant doesn't mean they're not political. Most are not. But it doesn't mean she isn't. In fact, She did exactly what you said, which exposes her. Good point, Rocco. I shall return. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So the Inspector General finds Jim Comey to have been insubordinate, among many other things. And the Inspector General referred the former Deputy FBI uh, Director's case, McCabe, to the U.S. Attorney for uh, as a criminal referral. So that's the number one and two at the FBI. And the Democrats think it's no big deal. The Democrats just keep yelling all day long. The IG found no political bias, found no political bias, found no political bias. And not just the Democrats, the media. That's what's so you know, in- incredible to me. While they found no political bias, he found a lot of bias. And what kind of bias is it? I don't understand. Let me repeat my question so the backbenchers tomorrow can regurgitate it. 
I have now looked through, I've read three-fourths of this report, but I've looked through all of it, and I cannot find a single reference to a text, to an email, to a document that was pro-Trump by these FBI officials. Nor can I find one that was anti-Hillary. I can't find a single top-level FBI person who was pro-Trump and anti-Hillary. What do you think of that? That's pretty incredible, isn't it? And then they tell us, well, it's not political. What are you, attacking the FBI? I'm not, I've never attacked the FBI. I'm attacking these bad cops at the FBI. Because that's exactly what they are. They're bad cops. But the media has played an enormous role here in perpetuating uh, the objectives of the bad cops and perpetuating an ideological agenda, the politicization, in my view, of the top levels of the FBI, uh, the cover-up of these activities. And uh, it's just incredible. Most of these media personalities sound like Chuck Schumer. Say many of the same things. Absolutely appalling. There's an issue out there, and I I need to get to it before the end of the program. And it's the separating kids from their parents when illegal aliens come into the country. And I keep scratching my head. When When did this become an issue? Why is it an issue in the last three weeks? Things don't just happen. There's not just coincidences out there. So these, these left-wing ethnic front groups, they push this agenda. They push it into the same media that the FBI used to go after Trump. They push it into the, into the phony media. It's pushed into Capitol Hill. The Democrats repeat it. Then the Republicans start repeating it. And all of a sudden, we have this issue. Now, the exact same processes were in place under Obama. You never heard a word about it. And what happens is, if somebody is coming into this country illegally, and that somebody is a parent, and they bring a child, the parent has to be detained and processed, and in some cases, depending on the parent, if there's a record and there's a known record, or if this is, if this is a repeat performance by the uh, illegal alien, they're separated from their child so their child doesn't go to a detention center. So the child goes to the nearest relative or to a foster home, or is some way protected while the parent is dealt with. How is that inhumane? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Say to the parent, all right, fine, you have a child, come on in. What do we do in the case, and I bring this up all the time, when we have American citizen parents and American citizen children, not dreamers, of course, that only applies to illegal alien children at the age of 30. What do we do if a parent or both parents are convicted of crimes? What do we do with the kids? Do we say, you can't separate the kid from the parents? You can't separate the kids from the parents? Well, Mark, they've had a trial and everything. Well, let's say they didn't have a trial. Let's say there's been an arraignment and they're dangerous and you keep them in jail and so forth and so That happens all the time. Do you ever, ever, ever hear news reports 
about going soft on a criminal parent who's an American citizen because they shouldn't be separated from their children? Have you ever heard of that? I've never heard of a story like that. Now, all of a sudden, when somebody comes in here illegally, an adult, and they know what they're doing, they know it's illegal, and they bring a child, just as an example, and they're separated because the goal of separation isn't to be you know, a a horrid country. The goal of the separation is to protect a child while you're addressing the lawlessness of the parent. What is it that these new politicians, that there's new issue with these politicians, what is it that they propose we do? I want you to listen to one of them. His name happens to be Paul Ryan. He's Speaker of the House. Cut eight, Mr. Producer, go. Are you comfortable with the um, current zero tolerance policy leading to parents and children being separated at the border? No, I'm not. Uh, This is because of a court ruling. And so this, I do think, ought to be addressed. We believe it should be addressed in immigration legislation. So what's happening at the border and the separation of parents and their children is because of a court ruling. That's why I think legislation is necessary. Casey. Mr. Speaker, on that point, this is actually a policy change from the Trump administration for zero tolerance. And there's also a court ruling involved. So this is something that we think should be addressed in legislation. Let's stop. Let's stop. Of course, it's Trump's fault. What the Trump administration is doing is enforcing existing law. If that's a change in policy from the Obama administration, then so be it. But wouldn't that mean that the Obama administration was lawless? Does anybody care anymore? Nobody cares anymore. Progressivism, socialism, Marxism, that's the name of the game. The Constitution's in the way, screw it. If the rule of law is in the way, screw it. Go ahead. This is inhumane. Do you agree? We don't want kids to be separated from their parents. I think I just made that really clear. And we believe because of the court ruling, this will require... It's not just a court ruling, Mr. Speaker, and you damn well know it. Why don't you tell us exactly how you would address it? One of the ways you stop this is by securing the border. So these irresponsible foreign parents aren't doing this to their own families and their children. They make it like we're doing it, like Trump's doing it, which, of course, is nonsense. Go ahead. Change. That's it. All right. And uh, then we have Nancy Stretch Pelosi and Paul Ryan, and she pretty much agree. Cut nine. Go. What they're saying is, well, we'll find a way not to separate them. One of their ways not to separate the children is not to let them even seek asylum, which is a right that people have in the world to seek asylum. So that's not a solution. The solution is not to tear children from their parents. Don't stick peas up your nose. Don't stick a stick in your ear. What is it that they don't get about how stupid and wrong and immoral and the, and the Catholic Conference of Bishops uh, in their statement? Uh, they said. Oh, now she cites uh, a religious uh, group. Now she cites a religious group. When it comes to religious people and baking cakes, she doesn't want to hear about it. When it comes to religious people who agree with her, then she embraces it. Go ahead. Uh, by the way, what do they say about abortion, Nancy Pelosi? They say it's a sin, and yet you support it. Now, she's detestable. Go ahead. 
At its core, asylum is an instrument to preserve the right to life. The Attorney General's recent decision elicits deep concerns. Because uh, she just reading, and I don't want to hear it. But this you got to hear. Cut 10, go. When we had a, a hearing on uh, a subject related to this, asylum seeker, refugees, etc., uh, the, the Association of Evangelicals, the evangelicals testified that asylum, refugees and asylum, that is the, they called it the crown jewel of America's humanitarianism. I don't have any problem with people legitimately seeking asylum if they can demonstrate uh, that, they're, that they are fleeing from a genocidal regime. It's the left that always had a problem, particularly when it came to Cubans, as a matter of fact. It's the left that had a problem, particularly during the 1930s when it came to Jews. We conservatives do not have a problem with people seeking asylum if they can show that, really, it's an absolute human necessity. Isn't that what we're talking about here? Go ahead. Crown jewel of American humanitarianism. And in order to do away with that crown jewel, they're doing away with children being with their moms. Oh, my goodness. She never said a word during the Obama administration. Even though the reporter said there's a change in policy, there were parents who were separated from their children during the prior administration. And Nancy Pelosi didn't give a damn. Just like Nancy Pelosi didn't give a damn when Barack Obama drew a red line in Syria, all hell broke out and he did nothing. Just like Nancy Pelosi didn't give a damn when the people were rising up during the early part of the Obama administration in Iran trying to seek their freedom, and they were shot in the streets. Never gave a damn. Just like Nancy Pelosi never gave a damn about the people in gulags in North Korea, but now all of a sudden she claims that she does. You got to call the left out and expose them, folks. Go ahead. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe the Uprisings world. all over the country. You know, when there was an uprising all over the country, uprising with uh, peaceful protests called the Tea Party, Nancy Pelosi condemned them. So now she's calling for an uprising. I wonder if she means a violent armed uprising. Go ahead. When people realize uh, that this is a policy that they defend. It's a horrible thing. And All right, that's enough. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I got to keep moving, folks. We're bouncing around a little bit, but these are issues that have been around the last day or two that I've been meaning to get to, so I want to hit it. Um, in the United Nations, we have an outstanding ambassador in Nikki Haley. And there was a resolution to condemn Hamas. A resolution to condemn Hamas. And it got a bare majority, which means it lost. About a third of the member countries abstained. A majority of, like, two uh, supported it. And the vast majority, and then, and then the rest opposed it. They voted not to condemn Hamas. Actually, the vote was, let's see, 
the result of the vote is in favor, 120, sorry, against 8, abstentions, 45. Vote not to condemn Hamas. Got it? Vote not to condemn Hamas. Um, Nikki Haley at the UN yesterday, um, she had this to say. Cut 13, Mr. Producer, go. The nature of this resolution clearly demonstrates that politics is driving the day. It is totally one-sided. It makes not one mention of Hamas. Now, now, so they, 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 this is, this is a resolution, a different resolution in which they're condemning Israel, but not Hamas. And that's what she is addressing. Go ahead. Routinely initiates violence in Gaza. Such one-sided resolutions at the UN do nothing to advance peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Everyone recognizes that. But advancing peace is not the goal of this resolution. I suspect even my Turkish friends know the passage of this resolution won't change anything, but that it looks good for the people back home to think they're doing something. That is pure politics. So now she introduces an amendment, (coughs) excuse me, an amendment to condemn Hamas. Here she is again, cut 14, go. Our amendment rightly condemns Hamas's indiscriminate firing of rockets into Israeli civilian communities. It accurately condemns the diversion of aid and resources from civilian needs into military infrastructure, including terror tunnels used to attack Israeli citizens. It justly expresses our grave concerns about damage done to border crossings that are hindering the delivery of desperately needed food and fuel to the people of Gaza. This is a modest amendment that reflects the minimum truth of what is going on in Gaza. And it was rejected. You know, people say, and I agree with them, why are we in the United Nations? I've said, since I've been on radio, 15 years, we should start a new organization of, uh, of democracies and republics, or even countries that are close to being democracies and republics. This, this is a, a fraudulent entity, an absolutely fraudulent entity. We sit down with our enemies. We sit down with, uh, with genocidal regimes uh, who, who most of their resolutions are aimed at attacking Israel. They have nothing but contempt for us, the United States. We make no progress here. We, we, I don't even understand its purpose anymore. It certainly isn't peace and understanding and communication. So why don't we set up something different? Something different. A uh, union of, uh, of Republican and Democratic uh, institutions, and I mean those lowercase r, lowercase d. What's wrong with that? I mean, I understand it'll be a much smaller organization, but so be it. I have no problem with that. But it's not going to happen. I don't know why it doesn't happen. I don't know why we put up with this. All right. Let's see what's going on. Oh, great. My call screen is down, Mr. Producer. Who shall I go to? Bill Charleston, South Carolina. Go. Hey, Mark. Let me get you off speaker here. Hey, how can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Yes, my uh, my comment is uh, basically I'm trying to figure out how many pieces of classified information were on Comey's personal email. Well, the IG's report doesn't suggest there was any. 
However, there's still FBI business on the personal email. Now, in the case of Hillary Clinton, there is a a news report out today that, in fact, uh, her emails, in some instances, uh, were uh, seen by uh, foreign actors, quote-unquote, intercepted by foreign actors, including at least one classified document. Seems to me like a slam-dunk case against her, doesn't it to you? Oh, oh, absolutely, without question. As a matter of fact, I I believe there are special access programs that uh, were found on her email, which I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then she should be in jail. Well, she certainly should have been charged. And, of course, uh, people, well, that's a constitutional crisis. Well, no, the Democrats would have had to nominate somebody else. Uh, they were protecting her. They were protecting Obama. This is, uh, this is a massive scandal. And, of course, the media are involved in it now. We knew it before. We knew why before. And now even the IG points out that uh, you had media organizations giving gifts to FBI agents. FBI agents, in turn, were giving information to the media organizations. That's third world crap. I'll be right back. For Mark today for the National Radio Hall of Fame. You can vote by text and email. Text the number 500 to 96,000 and vote at radiovote.com. Don't forget, in one hour, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, I will be on the Fox News Channel with my buddy Sean Hannity discussing this stuff. You know, as high schoolers graduate, Are they heading to places where they'll learn why America is the world's freest nation? That we're the first country founded on the principle that all men are created equal? Will they be taught the Constitution, our rich history, or what makes America great? There's a place where students study these truths. It's called Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students study what is true, good, and beautiful. And by putting in the work to understand these things, students graduate ready to lead. As Vice President Mike Pence said at commencement this year, Hillsdale students learn not what to do, but what to be. Hillsdale also offers its stellar education to you. Through Primus and free online courses like Constitution 101, every American can learn like a Hillsdale student from the same professors. And most remarkably of all, Hillsdale provides this service to our nation without taking a single penny of taxpayer money local, state, or federal, not one penny. I strongly encourage you to learn how Hillsdale can serve you at a website just for you, my beloved audience, levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. That's levinforhillsdale.com. Sam, Akron, Ohio, XM Satellite, go. Mark, first of all, I love you. I've been listening to you for over 15 years. You are the best. You are the smartest and the best. Thank now, you, that, sir. Now, now, now that you heard that from me, <laughs> I'm an American Palestinian, okay? I was yeah. born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Yes. I love this country to death. I've been overseas to the West Bank for over eight years, okay? I've seen things there that you haven't seen before in your life. Israelis, the Israeli government... The West Bank? The U.S. and the Israeli government is, is trying to make peace with an entity, meaning Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, that don't want peace. Right. Okay? Understand that. You are making peace with people who don't want peace. 80 to 90% of the Palestinian population 
want peace with Israel, okay? But the people who are running the show over there do not want peace because it's very So why don't they, are they trying to overthrow them, or what's the answer? You can't, you can't. You see what happens. So what's the answer, Sam? The answer is to get rid of these animals who are running the government and deal with Palestinians. I agree with you. How do you do it? There's a lot of Palestinian Americans like me or anybody else who have dual citizenship, who own property over there, who would like, who would love to have peace. Palestinian Authority members do not own property in the West Bank. They've come in the 90s from other countries and have used the West Bank and and Gaza as a property. Where, where, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. Go ahead, ask. West Bank. Where are you talking about? Judea and Samaria. Judea okay. and Samaria, okay? So why, why do even Palestinians call it the West Bank? Why are you Jordanian? No, they, it's, it's been stuck with me since I was a little baby, okay? Well, I don't like Judea it. You know, just because Jordan called it the West Bank doesn't mean we have to call it the West Bank. I always call it the Holy Land, okay? I think you, you talk to Palestinians who are an Israeli proper, who has Israeli citizenship, you to ask them, do you, would you want to live in Judea and Samaria? They say, hell no, I love, I love Israel. Israel right. gives me education. Israel gives me an let me, let me Let me tell you something, Sam, two, two quick stories. Number one, about two years ago, I was in shopping somewhere. A guy comes up to me and he says, I want to tell you something. I was born in America. My parents are Palestinian. I love you and I love your show. He's told me exactly what you said. The Palestinian people... They want peace, but Hamas wants war. And the Palestinian Authority is corrupt. I said, okay, so what can we do about it? What are you going to do about it? That's number one. Number two, I'll tell you something else, Sam. I was in a a cab. I may have told everybody this. uh, When I was over there last month, I think it was, for a very brief period of time. And I get in the car, and 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 the cab driver couldn't wait to talk to me. He was Egyptian. He was Muslim, and he'd been living in Israel, I think he said, 30, 35 years. And here's what he said to me, Sam. I want to know what you think. He said he loves it there, that he's treated equally there, and that if the Palestinian regimes would have peace with the Jews, they'd get everything they want. Do you agree with that? You are correct. That's what he said. I'm telling you right now, 80 to 90 percent, I'm not going to tell you 100 percent of Palestinians want peace. 80 to 90 percent of Palestinians all over the world want peace. We are tired, and Israelis are tired too. I know you guys are tired. (laughs) I'm an American. Let me me ask you something, Sam. Go ahead. What about these movements on these college campuses that are led by a lot of these uh, radical left organizations, uh, some of which are fronted by Palestinians that are very hostile? Some of these people haven't held a real job in their lives. This is their job. Their job is to create chaos and create left-wing God knows what, so people continuously argue. What would happen? Why do you think the State Department has never made peace in the Middle East for the past 50 years? Half those people would be out of work by now. <laughs> Come on, now. Let's be you know what, Sam? I like you. What do you do? Well, I'm a podiatrist by trade. Really? So, uh, Yes, I am. I, I, I was born and raised. I keep. I, I try to contact Trump so I could get, get invited to White House so I could make. <laughs> but he's not. He's not. He's not returning my messages. Well, Sorry, gee, I, I wonder. Him. I mean, it, he probably has five million messages a week. You know. You got to call him. Tell him Sam wants Sam wants peace. He's Sam, it's not like I can pick up the phone and call him. Ah, uh, Mark, I know you. You and you and Hannity, both of you keep saying the same thing. But look, all him. I can say is this: 
You're a pat- uh, you're a foot doctor. That's what Correct. you are. You know, I could have used you about a month ago, but what can I say? I was born and educated from this country. I would never have the same same things I did living in the West, living in Judea and Samaria. Believe me, I would have. All right, Sam. All right, my friend. You call again. You're welcome. Now let's go to Guy in North Hollywood, California. Eight seventy. The answer, Israeli. How are you, Guy? Good. How are you, Mark? Good. Sam sounded like a pretty good guy, didn't you think? Uh, I think he's uh, right about every word that he said. Yes. And uh, it's so unfortunate to know that uh, this is the way that people act around the world instead of trying to achieve something they want to destroy. Well, he's saying Hamas and the it's the old PLO, you know, they have their, their hands around the throats of the people in these areas. Well, this is uh, how they live in uh, palaces, each one of them, and uh, all the rest of the people are hungry and angry to, to, to eat something, and uh, this is how they devastate their, their own countries and places. Mm-hmm. And it's so unfortunate, because every time that Israel put their hand to a peace, they're coming against it, and they become exactly like Pharaoh. <laughs> this is unfortunate. All right, my friend. The hell is wrong with my computer again here? Oh, here we go. Good Lord. Doesn't matter how many new computers I get, how many people I get in the damn thing. It's me. I bad luck with them. Zeke, Orlando, Florida, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? Well, good evening, Mark. I want to thank you for taking my call. Yes, uh, the reason I called was because I believe there's got to be something morally and ethically wrong with the way these prosecutors have been given unlimited power and unlimited money to go out and basically bankrupt people. I mean, we see them doing it up in New York. And one of the things that they're going after the Trumps in New York for is because they know that he can't give them a pardon. It's just like they're going after Cohen. They're trying to bankrupt Cohen. They tried to bankrupt mm-hmm. uh, the general. They tried to bankrupt a Manafort. They tried to bankrupt so well, Just to clarify for everybody, what you're saying is when a, the president does not have a pardon power on a state offense, which is true. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's just, it's just, it's just appalling to me that they have all the money of the state and federal governments to go after all these people. They did it with Scooter Libby, and they just either force you to take a plea or else they bankrupt you. And I think they're trying to bankrupt And And by the way, 90% of the time it goes one way, doesn't it, against Republicans? Well, yeah, that seems to be the case. But uh, I want to throw something else at you, too. When, you was talk- when I was waiting on hold there, you was talking about uh, the-, the law with the illegal aliens and the minors and stuff like that. Yes, yes, all, sir. This guy, Ryan, why does he want to make a law? We already have laws. If you involve a child in a crime, that's child endangerment and children's services can take that child away from you. That's true, isn't it? We already have laws. And, you know, you can't involve a child in a crime. You can't endanger a child. So why don't they just enforce the current well, law? Why, why all of a sudden are we drawn to deal with this law? Because the left pushes the agenda. It always does. And so they always wrap their agenda in babies and children, except, of course, when it comes to abortion. Then babies are a choice, and it's a matter of, uh, of, of a human right to uh, kill a baby in the womb. I'm sorry. I don't even have to say that from a religious perspective. I say it from a scientific perspective, too. All right, Zeke, thank you for your call, my friend. Let's go to Brian, Eastern Pennsylvania, the great WABC. Go. God bless you, Mark. You teach us about the Constitution, and, and I just wonder how many people listen. <laughs> pa- 
Paul Manafort, uh, he's probably in angst right now. He's got a big day tomorrow. Uh, he's got to go to court. He's in bail hearing. Listen, I, I practiced law for 35 years in Northampton County, Pennsylvania, from Easton, all around. I know where it is. I know where it is. Yep. It's north of Philadelphia, but Montgomery, yep. Bucks, Schuylkill, Berks, mm-hmm. Monroe, have been all around there. And, and there's a big deal. It's called prosecutorial misconduct. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't see anybody raising that kind of defense after this report, after the investigator general's report. So give us some guidance on that, because I, I think if, if I were well, the, the, pro- the problem, the problem that they have is, number one, the judge in Washington, D.C. is a liberal and she is not really listening with both ears to their arguments. Number two, uh, this report from the IG does not directly impact the Mueller case and the agents working on the Mueller case. Now, that said. There's a report today, it's important, that the Mueller team had to uh, drop one of their prosecutors uh, because that prosecutor had texted another one of these texts about, uh, you know, viva la resistance or something to that effect. And um, they won't tell us the name of the prosecutor, which is amazing. It's America. Why won't you tell us? That's a public official. We'd like to know the name of the person, what they did exactly. Uh, But that was leaked out there. We don't know much more than that. I think the best thing that Mueller can do is make the case that the, excuse me, that uh, Manafort can do is make the case, in addition to duking it out on every one of the counts, as you know as a lawyer, is to make the case that this appointment was unconstitutional. Not because every special counsel is unconstitutional, but because this one is, given the incredibly wide mandate uh, that Rosenstein confirmed upon him in violation, by the way, of Department of Justice regulations. And uh, regardless of what this district court does, take it to the appellate court, take it all the way to the Supreme Court, and make your case. You know, Bob McDonald here in Virginia, uh, he, was, uh, he was the governor. Uh, they prosecuted him successfully in district court here um, on uh, ethics violations and so forth. And you took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and I believe he won 9-0. to zero. That the, the way they were interpreting the bribery statutes and the ethics statutes were just so broad uh, that, you know, virtually any politician could get caught up in that. And that's the sort of thing I think that Manafort's going to have to do, embrace the Constitution. Well, he's in jail with his family and d- destroyed. I know. Have you heard of any other talk show host talking about these abuses? I don't know if he's innocent or guilty. It almost doesn't even matter to me at this point. I'm concerned about the way this prosecutor's been conducting himself, whether it's an early morning raid on the guy's house when he's in bed with his wife for 10 hours in his condominium apartment or the things that he's doing to uh, the, the things they've done to his his representatives, whether they're press representatives and some of his own lawyers. Uh, they, they have now uh, turned apparently his uh, son-in-law, his ex-son-in-law, turned his ex-partner. It's obvious what they're trying to do to this guy, just squeeze the blood out of him. And it is a horrible thing to watch. You have a case, bring your case. But what are you trying to do to the guy? All right, Brian, thanks for your call. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Cast your vote for Mark today for the National Radio Hall of Fame. You can vote by text and email. 
text the number 500 to 96,000 and vote at radiovote.com. How about the National Baseball Hall of Fame? Well, I guess I don't qualify for that. You know, I wanted to let all of the fans of Levin TV out there know about a special offer we've going on right now. We wanted to make it a little bit easier for all of our subscribers and our biggest fans to get the best pricing possible on Levin TV and all the rest of CRTV Network, all the other wonderful hosts and programs. So we came up with our best offer yet. Now you can get a three-year subscription to CRTV for only $199. Now that comes to $5.53 a month. You know what that is? That's like one quick stop at McDonald's. But it's for the entire month. Now, if you've been a fan of the show for a while now, you know we're in this for the long haul, and we hope you will be too. There's no other place online where you can get the truth, unfiltered and uncensored. Give us a call tonight. Give us a call right now at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV, and mention this ad to get three years of CRTV for the equivalent of $5.53 a month. I don't think we can do any better than that. I spent a lot of time working with the execs around here. And uh, we finally came up with that, and I hope you can take advantage of it. And by the way, you'll set up. It's quick and easy. You'll be ready to watch in five minutes. And we have a great Levin TV tonight. Tonight's the great night to start. So give us a call again, 844-LEVIN-TV. We're there. We'll get you all set up in five minutes. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. Any questions you have? They'll be more than happy to answer. We have a wonderful, wonderful customer service team. David, Los Angeles, California, 870, The Answer. Go. Hi, Mark. I really enjoy your show. I, I was so happy to hear the previous Palestinian caller, and you asked the question, how can we uh, make the Palestinian crooks fall? And I, I want to just tell you, the Palestinian government the PLO and Hamas, they keep the Palestinians miserable on purpose so they can get funding from the UN, from the European Union, and from the U.S. The only way to make the government fall is to stop funding them. Um, you know, we should stop giving money to the UN as long as they uh, fund the Palestinians. We should freeze people supporting the Palestinians because it's a terrorist cause. And that's the only way to stop them. Uh, trust me, why do you think they have refugee camps. Why do they have refugee camps in Jordan and Lebanon and, and in Israel? To keep them miserable. Why don't they just open the walls of the refugee camp? They want to show the people how miserable the Palestinians are so they can get hundreds and billions of dollars every year. And the money goes straight to their payroll and the crooks banks accounts. They have billions of dollars. The payroll, there I don't know, there are 50 to 100,000 people, just the Palestinian police alone. They're all connected, family connected, relatives, cousins of cousins who are who are on the payroll. Yes, that's my opinion. Well, let me ask you this. How do we stop the Europeans who fall for this all the time? And, of course, the American media. Right. First of all, it, it's about this. Most people don't know this. You know, there need to be very simple questions asked. For example, why do we have refugee camps? in Lebanon for Palestinians. Why do we have refugee camps in Israel? Why? I'm not sure if we still have a refugee camp in Israel. I think we do. In some areas, it's closed up. And, and at that point, everybody sees the truth. How do we stop the European Union? We pressure them. 
we have always we have ways of pressure. I'm unaware of refugee camps in Israel. I mean, I when I was there, I didn't see any refugee camps. Anyway, thank you for your call, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Check out Levin TV tonight and watch Hannity on the Fox News channel. I will be there in 30 minutes, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. God bless you.